This is NRL Boom Rookies. Hello everyone and welcome to another episode of Boom Rookies presented by ESPN. I am Matt Bungard and filling in for Nick Campton, Coonabarabran's own Harry Ramage. Welcome. Look, it's good to be here. Nick Campton did message me earlier in the day to say that he was at the Pig and Whistle for lunch, that it's a Brisbane institution. Um, And yeah, maybe he should have stayed there, Matthew. Well, I I believe that he's been made a ritual sacrifice on Caxton Street by a group of uh, jubilant Queenslanders. So I might be looking for a new co-host again. He's been strung up and quartered <laughs> and each of his limbs has been put on each corner of Suncorp. So that's, to be fair, if he if he if he would say that's a glorious death. So oh, I yep. mean like yeah, I mean Lang Park is on top of a graveyard, so that's true. Um and it was a graveyard so uh, Harry look as a proud New South Wales man, how good was the cricket? Look, two blues getting it done in the cricket <laughs> was pretty outstanding. One from Penrith, one from Young. Like Apparently, blues from Penrith aren't really doesn't really translate. But Pat Cummins, take so a bow. Maybe we should just stick all the Penrith players in the cricket set. We might never lose. Yeah, there that's right. Um, but yeah, so we are sitting here. It's just probably ten minutes after full time. Um, the Blues on the wrong end of an absolute shellacking. The Maroons retain the series. They're closing in on their first whitewash in quite a while. There's only one whitewash in the whole eight in a row as well, Harry. Correct me if I'm wrong. So 2010. Yep. A very a very rare occurrence indeed. And it's funny, dude, because I, I'm sure you listened to the show during the week where we both said we thought Queensland would win, but we thought that the $3 outsiders tag was a bit much. It turns out it was unders with the line only being about seven points, I think, by kickoff. Mate, you hear it in American sports all the time when, but when odds come in, hey, does Vegas know something? Mm. Well, I don't know what the Australian equivalent of Vegas is, but they knew something. Yeah, they knew they knew Freddie was on the mushies or something. So. Yeah, so let's 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 try and do this a little bit chronologically to begin with, and I'm sure that by the time we get to the second half, where it all got to a bit of a mess, we'll get a bit more free flowing. But let's let's go all the way back to the start. Of course, uh, Tom Tabojevic tearing his pec. I believe it's something. I haven't confirmed it's a tear yet, but it's a pectoral injury in the opening minutes, trying to make a tackle. And Harry, look. I wanted Cameron Murray in the centers. You wanted Liam Martin in the centers. I think you could have polled a thousand uh, rugby league fans of who in that Blues team should have moved to the centers to accommodate the injury to Tom Tomovich. And I reckon zero out of a thousand would have gone with Damian Cook. Yeah, like all the argument of which forward should go to the sem- like to the centers is semantics because I, I just cannot believe. The answer was Damien Cook. I just cannot believe the answer was Damien Cook. Yeah, look, yeah, because we it. we can sit here and argue yeah. that yeah, like like your tweet like that has blown up like does make a good point. Like I'm of the belief that centers in rugby league and rugby union like are quite different and this and that. Like and you can we we can literally sit here and to we're blue in the face and argue about that. But and, and I'm of the belief that Cameron Murray's influence in the middle of the field when he does come on, which is another issue altogether. Yeah, but, <laughs> we'll get there. We'll get there. Yeah. He he in the middle is just so effective that I I would have gone actually Hudson Young because Hudson, it's just like, well, I mean, you hooked him after 20 minutes in the first game. Like, he's the least inconsequential forward. Like, do you know what I mean? Yeah. And yeah, it's, oh, oh, yeah, I just, the answer wouldn't have been Damien Cook because... Mm. Yeah, 
poor Reese Robson had a, you know, all of a sudden it's got to play 80 minutes. He's not prepared for that. It's an unhappy debut. Yeah. Yeah, and just look, the I, shit at the fan, really. It's quite interesting, though. I think that, like, I mean, and you know, we we all have our relative bubbles of, of people whose opinions we see about the sport. But as you said, that Twitter did has blown up quite a lot. So I'm getting a lot of replies from a lot of people across the rugby league spectrum. And, like, no blame's going to Reese Robson. No blame's going to Damien Cook. Nor should it, by the way, because it's not no. their fault. Absolutely and agree. I think that's kind of refreshing because, like, you know, that you could you could very easily hang Damien Cook out to dry for this. I mean, he was at fault for the first try. He was out of position for a couple of others after that. He did score a nice try himself, but he's not a centre. He should not have been there. He's never played. He's, he's played. I think he played a game at fullback once, but he's never played centre in his life. Cameron Murray won a finals game playing in the centres for Souths. Like, it, it, it's mind-boggling. Which finals game was this? He played way? in the centres against Manly when someone got hurt. Oh, was this 2019? Oh, 2019. Okay, yeah. so, so um, in back-to-back Four Nations tours, you know who played, like, two tests for Australia in the centres, like, when he was, like, not prepared to play in the centres for Australia? Give it to me. Kurt Gidley. Fuck yeah. So well, there you maybe, go. But like maybe, that kind of thing, like it, like that kind of shit can happen in a representative game. Well, maybe like Freddie remembered. But yeah, maybe Freddie remembered Sean Berrigan playing dummy half and center, and thought, "Hey, yeah. surely Cookie can do that." But yeah. uh, no, no, he couldn't. Um, it, it, that that was the other funny thing I noted as well. It's like, or if you had told me with Ke- uh, Campbell Graham being the best center in the comp in 2023, and Latrell Mitchell being arguably the Blues' best player, full stop, that the first Rabbitoh to play center. In 2023 for the Blues would be Damian Cook. Uh, until about 10 past eight this tonight, I would have um I would have pushed back on that notion slightly. I think I wouldn't have argued against it a lot. I'm not gonna lie. Good on you for for sticking to your guns and saying no. That's a preposterous outcome. I can't argue against that. It's a preposterous outcome that it happened. Yeah. So look, and so Cook comes in. It is what it is, but. Oh, from that Wait, moment on, yeah. the game was lost. So, Realistically, I, I was just like, "Well, they're toast." <laughs> yeah. So I thought, I thought the Queensland were more physical in the opening exchanges. Anyway, I thought that they were on top regardless, and I thought Reese Walsh was outstanding. He had, he was even putting his hand up for yardage carries. And I thought Tino again was awesome. That late switch to have him starting instead, I thought he was fantastic. And yeah, look, you can apparently like a lot of people blowing up at the grounding for that try as well. I believe that is just the new interpretation. So I believe it is a try by the new letter of the law. That's what our resident referee said in the Discord during the game. So don't think you can take too much away from that. And yes. Did we was robbed to say that? Though, he did. Yes, he did. Okay. Yes. Well, then fair enough. But yep. to me, that just looked like to overturn that one. Mm. All right. Well, that was a real questionable one. Then the Fafita Ford pass. Yeah, was look, just, that's just a bad miss. Yeah, that that's a really bad miss, and yeah, that that's been happening. In fairness, I thought Teddy could have been sinned in the play before, by the way. So, um, for the little oh, like, call absolutely, after the break. him or Adam yeah. had to go to the bin on that one. Yeah, so Surely. I think like people yeah. were complaining about the pass, but I think they got away with a sin bin the play before. So you know, and look, in the end, they got absolute shit pumped. So let's not waste any more time talking about refereeing decisions. Let's move on. Refs fault. Refs fault. Yeah. Mate, people will find a way. There's Bulldog fans who still tell me the 2014 grand final was all the refs' fault. So, um, yeah, I, I just thought that Queensland just gave it to them physically. I mean, a cup like uh, there was no backward step at any point. And the interesting thing was, like before that second try, I actually was thinking it was a little bit of role role reversal in this game because Queensland had, had so much ball and so many good chances to score a try, and they were only four points up after all that. And you thought that, you know, maybe if the Blues could weather the storm and get to halftime. And it's only four nil, 
And then at that point, maybe they realize the Damien Cook thing's not working. Maybe they can make, make changes change. and get their way back into it. But then, yeah, that 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 uh, forward pass aside, that move to make the break down the right, and then of course the switch back to the left for the try to Talangi was all beautiful. And then I think after Val Holmes scores a try, there's no doubt in anyone's mind, if there had been any doubt already, there wasn't any in mine, but if there had been any lingering doubt in anyone's mind, I think that was killed two minutes into the second half. Yeah, the, I mean, the Val Holmes try, that point's 10 point. That, like, that's 10 toes down at that point. It's, yeah, you're not coming back from that. Like, you've got to be first to score in the second half at, like, a 10-0 deficit. The thing for me, like, for all the, okay, so from, like, minute 10 to minute 25, after weathering that storm, I thought the Blues actually... They had some good moments. Yeah. It was like, hang well, on. Mitch Moses played really well. He played with confidence. He had that chip and chase on the first tackle, yeah. which it was didn't after come off. That, but yeah. Fuck it. You like again, we talked we talk so much about how News Boss can't score points. He tried something different. I'm not gonna hate yep. him for that. And he was not far away from regathering either. Like Munster just beat him back to the ball. I thought at that point, I'm like, oh hang on, like they've sort of weathered the storm here. If they're just able to get one We've really got a game of football on our hands here. Like it's it's a really serious contest, but they just couldn't get it. And I think once the Trebojevic injury happened, the Queensland defense, like the Queensland goal line defense in Adelaide, was like exceptional. Yeah, it went to another level tonight because it went right up again because they were able to be super aggressive. Yeah, because because they have no. Sent of because they got a guy out of position and they've changed Crichton from left to right to left to right in the matter of eight days. All of a sudden they can be like, okay, we're just jamming in all night. Can you get around us? Well, the answer was no because the cover <laughs> for, the, the cover from the inside was just fantastic. There was a few times where I was like, oh, Crichton and Tyo might have a two on one. I was like, it didn't matter. There's six blokes coming across, you know, and. We haven't mentioned it yet, but when Crichton made the, he picked up that kick. Oh yeah, and, what a, and ran yeah. eighty meters. So all of a sudden, off that, so a peak under the kimono, Bungard rings me at half time, and we're mm. like, okay, they just didn't know what to do there because Cook gets the ball in the centers on the long He's sweep. A natural and inclination. Go back to the middle of the field. Yeah, exactly. Because that's what Cook does. But in the centres, you can't do that. Not a long break. A cardinal rule of football is if you make a break on one side of the field, you spread it to the left. New South Wales didn't do that. And the game was only 4-0 at this point too. That's... Yeah, they could have stolen a half-time lead. If that yes, spread works absolutely. But then a few minutes later after that, Queensland get that same opportunity because Carrigan makes a terrific run. DCE backing up beautifully. Yes, the forward pass happens, but Queensland knew what to do. It was textbook. Apart from the forward was, pass, obviously. Yeah. But... Not the forward pass. Like, that part wasn't, but the, but the, oh, God, I'm going to get, I'm going to get killed for this. But the, but the intention, they knew, yeah, they knew the intent of what they had to do. Yeah. And you know what? They pulled one over the referee's eyes. Like quite clearly, it was a oh, absolutely, pass. but but know. they knew what they had to do. The Blues didn't. They've just felt a step ahead in the key moments in the mm. two games of the series. I think that's, and that's it. I think that's. I think you've nailed that, mate. Because yeah, they they weren't the better team in game one for most of it. I mean, they were losing with ten minutes to go, and but you're right. They just found 
little moments, little moments of excellence. And even in this game, like the Blues dominated possession. The Blues had more meters, but Queensland dominated the stats that mattered, the points and the line breaks. They 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 killed them in that regard. And they just they just felt faster. They just felt more direct. They just felt like they had more purpose. And whether that's down to the the senior players and the playmakers, I don't know. Because again, both you and I thought Mitchell Moses had a decent game, but as decent as he was. Um, as decent as a half complaint, a 32 to 6 Yeah, loss. exactly. I, I, like realistically, yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's a solid 5 or 6 out of 10. It's not like a masterclass. But then you had you had your other senior sort of spine members, like Robson, whatever. It's his, it's, it's, it's his first game, and he's playing more suspected. Didn't expect much from him, and he, I thought he did okay, like whatever. I L- thought in the second L- half was okay, but yeah, Luai, the first half was a real tough slog. Luai, just, again, way too much sideways running. Teddy with some really poor touches, and I'm counting Isaiah Yo as a spine member, and I could count on at least two occasions in that first half where he completely butchered attacking moves by taking a settler. There was one just before... Not the Mitch Moses chip and chase to himself. The one where he chipped to the right-hand corner and they got a six again. Yo gets that ball to play before and they've got them stripped on the right and he goes himself. And I'm not really sure why he did it. Uh, I'm sure that uh, I'm, I'm sure s- someone smarter than me can explain it, but it just seemed to me like they butchered a few opportunities and those senior guys just weren't playing with their head on a swivel enough. It felt, it felt like every time Luai and Yo and Tedesco got the ball, they had an idea of what they were going to do. And they did that regardless of whether the situation called for it. Hear me out. Is Isaiah Yo as good as we think he is? He's a fantastic player. He's a fantastic is player. He? But I think in a playmaking situation, Cam Murray is a much better 13 than him. I would rather Cam Murray, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. That's just me. But yeah, I am... Could be wrong. I'm happy to be posted on freezing cold takes. Love that Twitter page. But yeah, Isaiah Yo just doesn't quite do it for me. And you know what? I'm always going to be, you know, fighting the good fight for, mm. you know, someone from Dubbo, someone from absolutely you know, the region where I grew up. But, yeah, I just – I'm not sure he's as good as everyone says he is. Does it, you know, like like puts up great stats and stuff like that and, you know, does a lot of, like, good, you know, first receiver shit, like because he's in the middle of the screen, because camera three is locked in on him all the time – People notice him, but like gun to your head, is he as good as you think he is? I'm not sure he is. No, I'm not sure he's, but I don't think he's better than Cam Murray. And what's interesting. And look, let's, 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 we can do the postmortem on what the blue should do for next year at the end of the show. But one more thing before we move on to talking about Queensland again, the, the, the usage of Murray in this game was just bizarre in general to the point that when I called you at halftime, we both kind of just thought, is he injured? Is he, has Freddie picked an injured player who can't play? Because A, he was the most logical guy, in my opinion, to come on in the centers. And B, Payne Haas played 40 minutes in the first half and barely got a rest the whole night because, but we didn't see Murray until after halftime. Matthew, I'm going to be honest with you. I see a lot of, like from week to week NRL, like I see a lot of people like, a lot of fan bases will bag their coach for how they use their bench. And I'm never generally one of those guys, mm. but Christ alive. If you watch like NRL every week, like Brad Fittler is employed to watch NRL every week. And if you think that like paying, playing junior Barlow, like 18 minutes and then like, Nothing else for the rest of like yeah, 20 at the end when the game was over. Yeah. If you think that is a recipe for success, like I don't know what to tell you. Mm. Like 
there has to be a royal commission into what they do with Cam Murray tonight. Like, I, I'm quite. You got full tubes. There's got to be an investigation, bro. Honestly, there has to be because just how, like, either a they picked an injured player and they just wanted to, you know, give him a thirty grand bonus, or b they absolutely had no idea with the game plan on what to do and they thought that somehow playing him in the last thirty minutes of the game was going to be the fix. Mm. Yeah, like try explain to me how either of those things is going to help you get a win at Suncorp Stadium or at Lang Park for the diehards. Yeah, explain that to I me. Mean, I mean, do not you, understand it. However, you feel about Yo and Murray, which one's a better player? All that stuff doesn't matter. It's semantics. At the bare mate. minimum, at the bare minimum, Cam Murray is in the top five middles in rugby league. And, oh, without a question, yeah. And like, I think I'm being generous saying top five. I would have him much higher than that. But at the very worst, right? And that, and you take out everyone that's Blues eligible. He's top three. It's him, Yo, Payne Haas. They're the best three middles the New Zealanders have. No disrespect, Junior Ballow, who's a great player as well. To not have one of your best players on the field for half a game of football, to me, is just staggering. I I can't wrap my head around it. And look, and had he not come on at all, would have made more sense than the way he ended up being used. Yeah, I understand, like, okay, so Luke Lewis's last Origin Series in 2014, he was he was the, the last 30 minutes forward. Luke Lewis was 31-32 by the time that happened. Cam yep. Murray's in the goddamn prime of his career. Absolutely. Having an unreal season. Explain that to me. Like, I can't, honestly, mate. I can't. Like, mate, they should have Brad Fittler on the top of the Harbour Bridge explaining that and... And don't lie, be honest, because we all know that, you know, coaches and everyone in rugby, like, you know, they they talk in riddles and they, you know, they flat out lie to, and flat out deceive people. But, mate, that deserves a Royal Commission, that whole debacle. Yeah, so we are we are obviously recording now before any of the presses or any of that stuff's been done. So I'm no doubt Brad Fittler will get asked about all of this stuff, and I'm sure that some of you that are listening to this now on on Thursday morning will already have answers to these questions, but you, you, we might, we might, we just as likely may just get a bunch of cryptic answers that don't tell us anything. So you beat yeah. me to it. I don't think we'll get the real answer. Mm. I really don't think we will. Yeah. Um. Let's go back to talking about Queensland again. Just. Oh, just I've got a lot. Okay. So like, I've made more notes <laughs> than like I care to admit about Queensland, right? Yeah, I wrote a lot down. One of them just says Reese Walsh is a dog, which fucking hell. He's something well, else. actually, maybe, do you want to maybe, maybe do you want to read what I wrote about? You, okay, I, I'm going to tell you what I wrote about Reese Walsh. Yeah, verbatim. Okay, Reese Walsh is chess versus checkers level shit. Just on another level with the way he moves. The coach try pornographic fullback play, effortless. You've got away with words, my friend, and you have nailed that. Um, yeah, he. It's just so simple, but. Mate, he's like a double-digit tackle. Did he get out of the match? I didn't check. I assume. No, Lindsay Collins. Oh, okay, all right, fine, sure. Which was another Queenslander I made a note about. Didn't he fold Luai for that error? That was sick. That was Bro. a great tackle. <laughs> I always laugh at my dad. God bless my dad, but he Gary has the, he, mate, he has oh. this origin take that, mate. He grew like. My dad was in his 20s when Meninga and Lewis and Gene Miles and all that were doing their thing. But he always thought 
that Martin Bella was like the best Queensland player he ever saw because Martin Bella just showed up for the tough stuff. And that was Lindsay Collins. I literally wrote Lindsay Collins turning into Martin Bella for a day. Fuck like yeah. just rattling blokes and, you know, just and he's had a tough up. season. He, he's I know. had a tough season. So, like, to see him play really well and with that fire tonight, I'm sure that'll, that'll bode well for the Roosters as well with that passion and that fire that he showed. Um, and doing a post-game interview with his false teeth out, like, <laughs> just... I love Mate, that. just oh. absolutely perfect areas. I just thought that was hilarious. Like he's got the teeth out, and he's like, "Yeah, there'll be plenty of he- headaches and sick days tomorrow." I was like, "Fuck!" Like, how could you yeah. not get around that? <laughs> and um, we we mentioned it briefly, but Cherry Evans' tackle on Crichton was unbelievable. And he said after the game, he got interviewed. He said that he was channeling Scott Sattler there, had a bit of a laugh. Which I I, I know Cherry was quick when he was young. I didn't realize he had that much toe still. Like that was a great chase. Kind of incredible. Could, that he I was genuinely able- couldn't believe it. Like. Cherry's 34 years old, right? No, he's 33, 34. The editor at large, Mitchell Doyle, for years on this show has always said, if there's a cover tackle situation, if you always head for the corner post, you're going to be there or thereabouts. And Cherry really subscribed to that theory. Yep. And he took off straight away. And as soon as he took off, I was like, oh, he's going to round him up here. Like, he just... He's still got enough pace if that he lives up lives by that philosophy. Mate, good as gold. Mate, Crichton was tackled with 20 meters to go. He wasn't tackled on the goal line. Like there was plenty of Yeah, he had plenty of space. Plenty of wiggle room. Yeah. And just one of those great plays. That you know, you just if your team makes that play, you just hoot and holler mm. to steal a great line from Nicholas Campton. Yeah, I I I was, yeah, I agree, mate. I was, I thought Crichton was just running a bit too straight. Even sort of, maybe he was already thinking about going in under the posts. And yeah, Cherry just got him. And then from there, of course, we already talked about how Cook uh, cut back infield instead of spreading it left on on the next play. And that was it. And yeah, when Queensland started to kick away, God, they just really started pouring it on, didn't they? And yeah, we mentioned Walsh already. Some fantastic finishes for those tries as well. I think, is that Xavier Coates' best game of the year? Well, of course it is, mate. He pulled on a Queensland jumper. I called this before the. I called this in the preview. I said he could be the new Dane Gagai, Origin Coates, and we're looking <laughs> good. Looking good so far. It's quite a funny and Phil Gould, Philip Ronald Gould has sort of banged banged on about this. He's like, but he's kind of right. Origin was a concept that was invented, like for Queensland. And since 1980, like, Queensland have just bought into it and built up this myth. And, mate, they just – you give them that maroon jersey and they become savages, mate. Like, it, it's just – We don't get it. Mate, it, we don't get it. It's just something powerful. How that... was that banner on Caxton Street, by the way? Did you see that? The guy saying no. – you... Oh, it's – um, yeah, I'll try and send you a photo of this. But the, the, these guys had this big two-stick banner that said uh, – I think it said, you don't get it. And the – the U was in sky blue and the rest of it was not in sky blue. And it was, yeah, it was great. <laughs> well, uh, yeah, very good propaganda, but no, but like, that's a kind of the honest truth about it. Like, yeah, New South Wales do origin very differently to Queensland, but like Queensland have just bought into this, mm. like, just this myth. They created this myth and, They just believe in it. Like, there's no other way to put it. Like, New South Wales are not an untalented team. Like, they're not a shit 
They've had the better like, team on paper rag- for each of the six years of Brad Fittler's team. Yes, absolutely. They're not some ragtag mob that's just been pulled out of, like, Sydney Shield. Like, they are not some 2020 Queensland side that, you know, had 38 injuries and all of that nonsense. Like, that's a, like, that's a serious football team, but, like, they're just made to look second rate, like, because Queensland just do Queensland shit, mate. And, like, Maybe that's all the analysis comes down to. Mm. And maybe we should wrap it up at that, but we're probably not going to. But <laughs> no, we, we, yeah, we, 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 we will get out of here soon. Um, because I think, yeah, and the, like a little bit, I mean, loved it at the end when Reese Walsh got sent off and was just hooting and hollering and banging the Queensland badge on his that chest. Was, that was, that was, that was in the car. That's a little, that's a moment that's going to get replayed for years. If that years was, yeah, if that was at ANZ and we're up 38 6, mm. and, you know, Teddy's just, you know, well, I think Josh Adakar did tap the badge when he got sinbinned, which was a strange play given they were losing and he played badly. Oh, but... that that's some serious loser shit. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, well said. Um That's yeah. Tommy Talao round two level shit. It legit, yeah. Um but yeah, so now we move into Queens uh a dead rubber. Obviously Brad Fittler will still be there. I don't know, like so if it was a decider and like it, let's say the blues had won game one and this had happened and you were looking to make wholesale wholesale changes. I think you'd go Cody Walker. I think you'd go Latrell. I think you'd pick a couple of other guys as well. But if you are picking for the future in inverted commas, Cody Walker's probably not a guy you want to kick the tires on for a dead rubber. I don't think South would be too happy about that either. No, I think South would be quite filthy. Mm. Um, would Cody Walker want to I don't play know. one it game doesn't... for New South Wales? Like in, in sure. a game that doesn't I mean, matter as well. It's like no, it's thirty grand in his pocket. I'm sure he'd play. But facts, facts, facts. <laughs> but... Um. Yeah, yeah. Look, well, interesting spot to be in for New South Wales. I really tell is. you, it really because, is. Well, they're gonna. I think we will finally see Campbell Graham because we won't be having Tom Tavoyevic. Well, that that'll be one thing that happens. Like you were quite strong on you can't pick him. He's clearly underdone. He's clearly not the force that he I didn't was want to take a victory lap ago. on that though because it fucking sucks. No, and he's an awesome player. And no, you don't want to shit. ever take you like you don't want to ever say yeah. You know what? I was right about the condition of his body. Like yeah, that's it's, like it's that's sad, a shit man. human he's, who he's, does that. He's top it's, ten. Man. He's in the top ten most talented rugby league players of our lifetimes, I think. And we've just barely seen the full potential of him because of all these injuries. And it's just fucking sad. It's like quite sad. honestly, like there was one afternoon, like on a Sunday afternoon, five or six weeks ago. Um, uh, Manly were playing. It was the Manly Tigers game where they barely won and they yeah, were dog yeah, shit, yeah, right? Yeah. I was there. I was talking to my yeah. I was talking to my brother on the phone. I was like, man, this this Tom Trebovich shit's sad, eh? Like it's like he was like yeah, because he could barely move what, in that game, and he, he, uh, he that was, was the game like, where he was limping around in the backfield and stuff. Like uh, exactly, like honestly, like in twenty twenty one, like yeah, rule changes aside and shit, like he looked like the greatest force of nature, you know, since like Hurricane Katrina. But, right, like, honestly, it's just, it's really sad, man. Like, because yeah. we've just been robbed of this, you know, awesome football career. Like, he debuted in 2015. Yeah. In NRL. Like, that's eight, nine years now. Like, we're close to a decade, and it's just like, I don't think we're ever, I don't think we're going to, like, I don't think he's going to max out, hey? Like, it's, no. it's really sad. So, yeah, Campbell Graham is, like, yeah, that's the first cab off the rank you get in. Like, had things broken f- differently for the first game, he certainly would have been in there. But yeah. It just, yeah, just the way that things happened with, mm. you know, sort of niggling injuries and stuff like that. 
it's yeah it's just it's just sad mate it's just sad but um all right before we get out of here we do have a game tomorrow night uh the second game of women's state of origin i'm still just baffled as to why they don't just play three games because harry the uh, the blues need to win by nine points to make sure they clinch the series or they need to win by eight points and if, if they win by eight points it then goes to a bunch of other tiebreakers as well so could you, could you imagine oh my if, god like new south wales are up by two with 20 seconds to go and they have to chase a game winner like do some dane carlo level shit that's like, true that just think about how insane that, that is sounds. so silly also i love the crazy it's most tries then most goals then most drop goals kicked then if equal, least amount of penalties scored across the two matches. So Jeez, I would imagine, I really okay, want, so, a te- I want a team to win the series on penalties conceded so badly. Bro, you know what? Because that is some FIFA World Cup type shit. Dude, we need it, the dumbest things possible to, yellow, to happen. It comes down to yellow cards in the oh, FIFA World mate, Cup. Mate, we lost like. a semi-final one year because the other team had more corners than us. Because we, yeah. like, we didn't have penalty shootouts for some reason. It was so yeah. stupid. That, Never forgot yeah. about it. But it's so dumb. But I want the dumbest thing possible to happen so that they don't do this anymore and they just have three games. Because, like, who, like, why would you not just have three? I don't understand. Like, well, do you remember in Origin? Okay, so, you know, it, Camp always says everything's wrong with a draw. Hmm. And in 2002 with Origin, when that 18 all game happened with the Dane Carlaw, yeah, yeah, yeah. that was like the light bulb moment where they went, holy shit, you know, we're going to change this because, you know, draws suck. Be awesome. Extra time or yeah. golden point. That would be awesome. Like there needs to be some kind of light bulb moment with the women's origin concept. I think it'll change because they get, I mean, they already to, had the, they, well, they already had the most attended game in the, in the, in its short history. Yeah, in game like 12,000. You're not putting 12,000 in North Sydney. Oval. And, like, we're, like we're beyond North Sydney Oval now. Like which let's does just, suck. Cause that, those, those games were, I loved those nights. They, they were great. great. But, yeah. um, you know, town, I'm, I'm certain there'll be a big crowd up there in Townsville tomorrow night. So I'm excited for that. So let's talk about the game. A little bit. So China Pilata comes in on the wing for Julia Robinson, who is suspended after that uh, nasty issue with um, uh, Isabel Kelly, who is named to play, who has got through Bro, everything and is playing, which I cannot You beat me believe. to it. You beat me to it. That It's it's crazy that, like, she was in Dude, I was all there. Kind, she all was, kinds like, of distress. We were like, we were like all kinds oh, of distress. shit, this is like, yeah. this is bad, bad. And no, yeah. she's she, good honor, like tough yeah. as nails. Because like three weeks later, like because you remember the Rory Costraitan injury, like was just a like just a training incident up at Newcastle, and he never played a game for Newcastle, and his larynx was so shot that he had to medically retire. Like it can it can yeah. it can end that quickly when you get an elbow to the throat, mm. and she's playing three weeks later. Like that is incredible, incredible. absolutely so, incredible. But a couple of big ins for the Blues. Samaima Taufa coming back, Talia Fulham, uh, Tiana coming back. Huge ins. Like, t- both absolutely fantastic players. Um, uh, and look, I, I I picked them in game one, and I just thought that, like, at that game, again, it was honestly a little bit like the men's game where they had more ball, they had more chances. They, they concede that length of the field try in the second half, but they had more chances to win this game. And I think with 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 such a big-name player in Penetani who missed that game with the hamstring, and Taufa, who's probably along with Millie Boyle, their best forward. I think those are just gigantic ends. And I think that they might do enough to swing the game in New South Wales' favour. But again, you're right. It's a different game when you've got to win by eight points because it's not enough just to say the Blues are going to win. You're right. There could just be a situation where they're down two or they're tied with 10 to go. 
But it's if actually they're tied, they're, they're down, no good with ten to but go. But it's actually like, they're down ten. Twice. If they're down like, two, they're actually it's 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 if they're down two, they're actually down ten. So with that in mind, it might just make them a little bit more frantic. They might push a couple more passes. I think that's their biggest problem in this game is going to be the mental aspect of. Well, it's not even scoreboard watching because it won't be on the scoreboard, but hypothetical scoreboard watching. They know. They essentially, know. Like, you've got the game is starting. The game is starting with Queensland on eight points. Yeah. It's a <laughs> like you see it in betting markets all the time, like with a handicap of plus eight and a half or this or that. It's like it is a literal handicap in the way that the series is set out. Like a two, like what is a two game series? Like seriously. So stupid. Cannot, I cannot believe that, like that it was signed off on. And like whoever signed off on it should be sacked. Um, but I tell you what, from a Knights fans' perspective, Yaz Clydesdale just get through unhurt. Tamika <laughs> Upton play well for Queensland. Show those outstanding glimpses that you did for the uh, the reigning premiers last year. Do your thing, but she had a real tough game in her debut. But man. Like, I just can't help but feel that greatness is, you know, destined for Jesse Southwell, and I just want her to do real well in this game, you know? Like, she's still so young. Yeah. Uh, and I just want her to to play really well, you know, because, like, like, she is something off the top shelf. Like, she is, you know, maybe, like, she's going to be... Well, they're already saying one of, people, one of the people that know more than me yeah. are already oh, saying yeah. that when it's all said and done, there's a chance she's the greatest female player of all time. And obviously, the game is still very much in its fledging state. And she's still just a kid, but, like... With but the in 2050, already, when the young girls are saying... When the young girls are saying, yeah, but Jesse Selfall played against plumbers like and farmers. Yeah, yeah <laughs> they won't be saying that because she was playing against superstars like Ali Brigginshaw and, and, and plenty of other players, so... Damn right, but, yeah, I just... Yeah, I don't know. I just want the best for her. Mm. She had a rough. She well, her NRLW debut was you know just something off the top shelf. Yeah. Um, hopefully she has something like that. I just, I just want the best for Jesse so, Southwell. Like, forgive me, I'm a Knights fan. That's yeah. what I want. What What to you is funnier? Someone winning on penalties or someone who's up eight trying to kick a field goal and getting it charged down, and the other team going up the other end and scoring? The latter. I think that's both far, hilarious options. Yeah. Just have three games, you morons. Fuck I me. Know. Hopefully next year. Anyway, I'm going to tip the Blues by 10 points. <laughs> the Shield comes back home, baby. 10 point. You know what? Damn it. Let's go. Like, I'm going 12 point Blues win. Yeah. I, th- I think the big gap that basically we went from like Tasha Gale, we went from, you know, driving in a school zone to getting on the Autobahn. Yeah. In terms of like, you know, play style and stuff like that. And even with those crappy intensity stats in the origin and stuff tonight, you saw the difference from like Adelaide to Suncorp Stadium. Mm. I kind of think, you know, you, you're you going to see a little jump in the standard tomorrow night or tonight. If we, you know, Yeah, game one, I enjoyed being there. It was good atmosphere. A lot of kids there having a great time, but the game itself was not great. And I think a large part of that was the fact that it was basically cold, their man. off season yeah. and they're coming 100%. in cold, which again is another thing that I think they need to look at for next year, but it is what it is for right now. Um, and I think they'll all be better for that run a couple of weeks ago. Yeah. And I think it will be a better game. I think it's going to be a really physical game. I think the blues have just got a bit much, a bit too much with, with the forwards with Taufa coming back. And I think that Penetani in the back line as well, like that back, that back five now. And then with, with 
with Southwell at seven as well is just so nice. So oh, I couldn't agree more. So I, I just think that they've got. Uh, it, sometimes it's. I mean, I, I know it sounds reductive because we've just sat here for half an hour and talked about how, despite always having the better players, Brad Fittler's teams keep losing. But I think New South Wales have the better players overall in this one, and I think they're going to win. But again, I just, I, I just really do think it will be a higher quality game than we got two weeks ago, which is all we really. Oh, absolutely. Need. I think so. Yeah, hundred percent. Right. Um, Harry, thank you so much for filling in. Really appreciate having you on. You're, you're the basically the the fourth the favorite son of the show that's not now a regular host i think the fourth the fourth musketeer if you will and i know the fans will be very happy to hear your voice um so yeah uh, any anything else you want to get off your chest before we get out of here how how's double dad like you just had your second kid <laughs> yes and for those who don't know my son was born on the same day that Andrew Johns was born. And of course I snuck the name <laughs> Joey into his name. So he is a Lachlan Joey Michael. Yeah. Well, rather than just Lockie being Joey. Jesus. What a yeah. no pressure. Yeah. A lot of IEs at the end of there or IE sounding things, but we had to sneak it in there somewhere. Fantastic. All right. Well, Campo and I will be back on Friday with the preview show. He'll have a little bit more from the ground at Cax and on Caxon street afterwards where I'm, Sure, he'll have a great time tonight. And we'll for patrons, we will have question time at some point to you in the next few days. Just depends on our schedules and all that stuff. You can wait a little bit longer. You're getting this extra podcast tonight, all right? Don't give me that attitude. Say goodbye, Harry. Goodbye and Campo. Enjoy the rum and apple juice at Lefties. <laughs> and it's goodbye from me. <laughs>